0: My name is Thushi wardner I'm a cardiology registrar so specialising in intervention.
1: Hi, my name's Beth and John and I'm slightly breathless from just having run up the stairs to get a top up of my drink. But I am also a GP trainee, previous neurosurgery trainee and yeah, just going to catch my breath. <laughs> Was it worth it? Whoa! Oh God, the totally worth it. Well. Ice cold Prosecco, yes.
0: When you say ice cold, as in what, to you keep it in the freezer? or is it ha- No, just
1: happens to be on f- a fridge that's on a setting that's far too low. <laughs> I've just realized when there's like ice on the bottle.
0: <laughs> nice. That's good. That's mm. like appropriately cold. So is Prosecco your drink of choice?
1: I think it is at the moment. Like, normally like craft ales and lager is my thing, but obviously that's changed for hmm. the celiac stuff. So yeah, like in terms of fizzy drinks, I like a good champagne or Prosecco, something dry. Yeah.
0: I really like Guinness. Oh, I like and Guinness. Yeah, I like how kind of malty it is, and it's like a meal, it seems isn't it? So it's like- it is literally yeah. is, and I can't drink too much of it, which is probably a good thing. But it seems to be a real thing in my family. Like my mom, mm-hmm. when she was pregnant with me. She craved it. it. good for you, man. It's full Guinness. of iron, isn't it? <laughs> iron, yeah, yeah that's, all that stuff. That's you, what you they were, told her.
1: You were obviously like leeching the iron stores from her red blood yeah, cells exactly. at the time. Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> me. And we all are. So literally, our family get through quite a lot of it. And my brother and my dad, they went to the Guinness factory in Ireland Amazing. and they came back with Guinness chocolate and stuff. And I keep meaning for us all to go as a family because we're all yeah, into yeah. it. And we all have Guinness glasses and today because Christmas is coming. And that t- tends to be those the main time of year that we all drink a bit and stuff. And so I was looking up some kind of fancy lagers to break out over over Christmas time. Mm. Oh gosh, it's like really alcohol-centric. This well, cheese. no, it's not like us should... either.
1: It's obviously yeah, it. yeah it's a Saturday so... night. You're obviously feeling that vibe.
0: Yeah, exactly. We should shout out our sponsors at Scrubs underscore UK. So that's at S-C-R-B-S underscore U-K. They put you in scrubs. They make practical, durable, and really good-looking scrubs. If you're a doctor, nurse, healthcare professional, vet, carer, they make very useful scrubs that you can wear. Check them out and use our promo code, which is 2 minutes 10 T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S-10. Get 10% off. So check
1: them out. Treat yourself. So, treat yourself.
0: You know what? We've been speaking a lot this week about... TV shows, right? You recommended Teb Lasso. And I binged, so after my nights finished yesterday, I binged about five or six episodes. I watched another one during the day while author and has a nap. So good. Really yeah. enjoying it. Really I
1: don't know it. why it took me until last week to start it. Obviously, it's finished. It's been and gone, hasn't it? The whole three yeah. series is finished. But as soon as, I, as soon as I started watching it, I was just, I thought... Tharusha is gonna love this. Yeah. But it is, it's just brilliant. It's so special, it's I really think. Good. Quite unique in that to I feel like there's a lot to learn about yourself and it's funny, but also really wholesome, but not really wholesome. cringy, wholesome. It's quite realistic, I think, and quite relatable as well. Not that we're football yeah. players or anything, but just the talks about anxiety and relationship issues and stuff like that. It's just, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Apparently, as you say, the kind of relatable and learnable things from it. And there are, I saw, I was trying to avoid spoilers and stuff, but things talking about, say, for example, Tender, so the character and the kind of quiet leadership that he shows because he's hes really an unconventional leader, isn't he? He's, yeah. And so he, he gives the appearance of being bumbling and whatever, but you see he gets the job done in terms of binding people together. It's amazing to watch a really good show.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. And I think, yeah, what What did we recommended Parks and Rec last week last this, week? Yeah, yeah, it' yeah, like yeah. a recommendation every episode, but yeah, this Ted Lasso this week, definitely,
0: yeah, so if people haven't seen it already, then do check it out. but the reason why I brought it up was because there's another show that kind of see, that seems to be. Of interest. Mm. And it was coming, so it's coming to Disney Plus of all places. But the Wagatha Christie, like serialization, which I think is hilarious,
1: isn't it? I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. It's bizarre, but brilliant at the same time. Like how this is how this thing has become a thing.
0: Right. So, would you, there might be like one or two people out there who don't know what Wagatha Christie is. Do you think you could do it justice in explaining what that?
1: Oh, gosh. I'm going to show myself up here, but something to do with Instagram. I know that much. So yeah, what's her name? Colleen Rooney, wasn't it? And then Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. So both yeah, um, wags in that sense, yeah. wives and girlfriends are football players. And there were stories being leaked to the press about Colleen Rooney, as far as I understood it. And yeah. the way that they found out that it was Rebecca Vardy doing this was because Colleen Rooney had set up like an Instagram account that was like, Saying very specific things that only this Rebecca Vardy was like the common denominator no. interacting with. So then it became quite obvious that the specific things that she was feeding Rebecca Vardy, not realizing what was happening, that specific information was then working its way out into the press. So yeah. the whole, yeah, Agatha Christie slant is just that pure, cunning, uh-huh. like detective type work, isn't
0: it? But oh gosh yes yeah. it's true and i remember where i was when i found out about it because she like unveiled it onto this into the social media it was a right? thing and yeah like the whole like dot yeah the mole is rebecca vardy yeah was like iconic and i remember i was in the kitchen being like what what is going on this is just like amazing yeah and it? right it's so good uh, but I can't ever say that I thought that it'd be so good that they'd be able to make all documentary out of
1: it. I think like it's quite a niche, like the concept is like fun when you say, oh my God, that's mad. Like we've just done now, but I can't imagine there being like a three part docuseries about, do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. how can you extend that shit over a documentary? It's right? just a couple of minutes worth, honestly.
0: Yeah, so And then like my mind was like going because I was like, oh, you should think about all the kind of dramas that happen on social media on all the different kind of Twittergate yeah. stuff or the med Twittergate stuff that would make amazing shows. And obviously one of them would have to be Deep. Right? Oh,
1: Deepgate. totally. Because we uh, were both happy. involved in that as well, weren't we? Right. Yeah. 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 There were
0: love triangles. There was deception. Yeah. yeah. There were, Who would you get just to am- play you
1: in that actually, Sarusha?
0: Me? Yeah. I would get... Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> she would do a mighty fine job. Yes. She would. Oh
0: my God, you put me on the spot there. There's, I don't actually remember his name, but he's in Doctor Who and he played, he's brown and he played the kind of the master. Oh. What's his name. I really like how crazy his face is. Yes. The master, Doctor Who, quickly Google it. Shasta Dawan. I really like I his, the, how manic his face is. Yeah. How about yourself?
1: Winona Ryder, I think. I quite like. Aren't yeah. Well, they've both got dark hair. I thought probably the only similarity, but yeah, she I think a, I'd go Winona Ryder.
0: Yeah. Similarly, she's also got a chicken pass like you, right? This so is exactly it. Yeah. Actually, and there's,
1: and yeah, <laughs> but lots in common. <laughs> lots in <laughs> yeah. common. Yeah.
0: Uh, so then, so who do you get to play Deep? Deep was, I'm sure he still is wherever he is now, like oil financing somewhere, but he a good looking dude. So. Probably like he Dev was. Patel or something.
1: Oh, yeah, Dev Patel's a good one. Yeah, I think.
0: Gosh. What about the other dramas? So oh, yeah. then it made me think about who would get to play the other med Twitter-like yeah. people. One that kind of came to mind, so, uh, Zach. I th- although perhaps like slightly, uh, it's probably a bit easy to say Zach and I think Zach is really pretty. Yeah, And Zach and Ron's kind of got, I don't know, the you know, prettiness thing. So Yeah. Maybe Zac Efron, but I think maybe I don't know if it's because they're both Zac's and it just makes it really neat. And okay, then
1: yeah, but that can, I can see that they're both like there's both there's something about both Zac's I think that's like safe to say.
0: Yeah. Um What about the other ones?
1: But what like what other kind of med Twitter stuff would you want to see created reflected in a serial? Yeah.
0: One of my favorite ones was the one. There was that consultant who was like talking about how like amazing their like rotor is and how they're like they're really like supportive of the juniors and then a the junior doctor doctor's was, like actually I work not so, see yeah, and here's the rotor yes. and then drops that like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd have to be, that'd be in there because that That's was a just good like one. Com- yeah. a delicious, it was just so delicious. It was a moment. nice tasty
1: morsel, wasn't it? Just at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tasty morsel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: Is that comportment, man? Like, I was yeah. I was together. just thinking
1: of comportment because I feel like Ooh. that's when we collectively learn the definition of the word comportment. Yeah, because yes, I was so like, true. it's not a word that I have ever used, but now it's Absolutely. in my daily vernacular, and I we can uh, thank yeah. that guy for that. Yeah.
0: Damn straight, damn straight. And I was like trying to think who played Vain Man, like oh, because he was the yeah. center of many He's gone quite I don't know. He
1: has Yeah, quiet but you know what? Stephen Graham's one of those actors and obviously he's a Scouser as well, which I love. But Stephen Graham is one right. of those guys. I just feel like he could turn his hand to anything. He could probably right. like make a good vain man, vain man somehow. Yeah. That would be like just that would be pushing his range, but I've got faith that oh, he could like he it. could do that. I yeah.
0: like it. I like it. That's good. Yeah. And do you have a do you ever pick for a Seymour
1: Hotcher? That's they? tricky, isn't it? It has to be someone.
0: It's smarmy. smarmy
1: and slimy. Yeah, that's just got that look about them where you just wouldn't trust them as far as you could, you know, throw them kind of Seven. thing. They must be. Gosh. Yeah.
0: Good. I actually can think of one very recently. It was a show. Was the it, it? like, was it Line of Duty? No, it's the one you the show with Sarah Lancaster. Oh, of Happy course, Valley! And in that city, there is a pharmacist who met so...
1: Oh, yes, because he's uh, bad vibes in that
0: show as well. Yeah, um, I get him to play. Like, he's bit—he's not confident enough.
1: No, no. Sanjeev Bhaskar is around like the same age, but then he seems like too good of a guy. But maybe
0: this—if
1: the... he's a good—if he's a good actor. Oh, Jimmy Mystery actually as well could.
0: Oh yeah. There's quite Look
1: similarity, like the the way the
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. I think Jimmy Mystery's dad is actually a consultant Reno physician. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty oh, sure he oh,
1: is. Oh, interesting. We should start auditioning yeah. for this for this movie we're gonna be.
0: I know. It's gonna be fire. Written and directed, by, <laughs> yeah, with all the main characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: But then what happened with all the anons? Would they just be like oompa loompas or something no or they'd come the out you know really?
1: with those like the blurred faces it would just be like random oh, people hey. but they were just be, like blurred and yeah, yeah, like yeah. that electronic like voice so that oh, you just couldn't they... couldn't tell yeah. who they were no oh yes
0: they mar- oh, yeah, the voice, yeah, you voice give them, like, changes. yeah like really high-pitched ones yeah really
1: I mean, right, like Timothian. chipmunk voices yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah oh it's gaslighting it's <laughs> gaslighting oh jeez <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. Okay that's amazing uh, yeah that's this is going to be the
1: spin-off from the podcast this is going to be our big movie debut definitely
0: yeah we'll we'll both write and produce it and we'll get him around to finance it oh god yeah
1: and um made of money yeah and i think if anyone has got any suggestions or um would any would like to add anything to this film any particular scenes they'd like to see then just let us know we'll make it happen yeah with all our connections absolutely
0: yeah space. Moving on to the topics from the week, this guy's in in the I won't say headlines, but even our
1: headlines is me. Like what we perceive as headlines, yeah.
0: We've noticed you, Doctor Drew, Doctor Drew, who was a PA, right? So Mm. he's just like a big storm for this stuff. Is so. This is actually not a PA related thing, but he goes two and a half months in. I'm still not over the fact that I have to wear an ID badge that says foundation trainee at work. It sounds like I'm on some sort of access course, not a qualified doctor. Would it be really that hard to give doctors ID badges that say doctor? What do you reckon?
1: I agree with that, definitely. Because I think, I don't think many members of the public would know generally what a foundation trainee is. Although I never used to think this way until in one of my recent hospital jobs last year or earlier this year my badge just said like i had obviously my picture on it and it said hello my name is mm. bethan and then it just said gpst1 and then someone said to me uh. like oh could they not put dr bethan like no how do people know what a t one is and i was like no it's a good yeah. it's a good point. good point and i know like we should introduce ourselves and of course we do that people do look at badges and lanyards and stuff and i just think even foundation doctor is better than foundation trainee but like you say what's wrong with just doctor or or yeah. just Maybe not even having anything. Like, I've got a Mickey Mouse lanyard on the go at the minute. It See, brings, brings yeah, me cool. joy. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I don't know. And it's I don't think it's to do with, like, insecurity and stuff. It's more just, it's just frustration, I think, that, like, we just can't be acknowledged for what we are sometimes.
0: Yeah. I reckon if we, if there was, if we felt very secure mm-hmm. and regarded in the profession and in the kind of work setting, I don't think things like this would matter, but, I think because we feel so diminished and undermined that small things like that just yeah. seem to really just add to it all. I think yeah. I remember as an FY one, as a kind of first year doctor, that I had a foundation trainee badge. I'm pretty sure I do. Now yeah. I don't have a lanyard because of the Royal Pub we don't have re- yet. Yeah, oh you've have we you have you got those springy
1: of... cliff things. Yeah. Yeah. That has
0: like dangerously close to my crotch. Oh I yeah, you don't so want that. Like, back. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean that could be a little wake yeah. up in the morning oh. yeah, yeah, she... ex- oh. um, yeah
0: exactly. but
1: yeah I alternate between my Mickey Mouse lanyard and my springy clip thing depending on what outfit I'm wearing and whether I've got a belt
0: oh, Really, kind of Could've...
1: absolutely but what yeah, I found interesting good. Dr Drew's next tweet says that it's even more bizarre that the medical students have badges that say student doctor on student them doctor. and it's it? yeah so it's just it's strange isn't it but who Ooh. knows man who knows
0: Yes. So he had another one though, didn't he? Which I'm not sure I uh, agree with. Do you mind reading this one out?
1: Yes. So again, Dr. (laughs) Drew, hello. This was about teaching. And he said, I know weekly foundation program teaching sometimes doesn't have the best rep. But today I heard possibly the wildest example. There's a trust in the Midlands that delivered a mandatory weekly F2 teaching on how to write a TTO. It's
0: Hmm. amazing, isn't it? I think like, what are your thoughts on that one? I
1: think the first thing I noticed was that if you're an F2 getting, I feel like how to write a TTO might be quite useful when you're a brand new yeah. doctor. Because I think like our experiences on placement and stuff and shadowing varied greatly. The first time I did a TTO, I, I wasn't sure like what information to include. Yeah. So it's a bit, I feel like it's a bit like missing the both that it's at the start of F2 rather than, yeah. but then I feel like also, the fact that's in an F2 teaching, I feel like that's ticking a box somewhere, whether it's been like a date or someone's complained about a discharge letter oh, or I what. See. And I wondered if it's all oh, this is how we're am- ameliorating that. But I think, I don't know, sometimes, and I still think like this now, like sometimes I enjoy teaching, not because of learning, but the more content. because it's half a day away from work. <laughs> Yeah, Do you know what I mean? It's, it's different, isn't it? I think in F2, I used to love my foundation teaching because it just meant I could get off the ward for a few hours. I don't, I mean, I would, yeah, I'd sit there drinking a coffee listening to that if it meant I could have like a little break.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that particularly stings about that tweet is the fact that it's mandatory weekly, though, oh, on how gosh. to write yeah, but I, like, I was like, that, I, I reckon, I don't know if this, is that true? Every single week? No, that can't be right. Or, like, does he,
1: or does he mean um, that one of the weekly sessions, but no, the way it's written implies yeah, that it's like
0: every week you're getting exactly. told how to write a TTO. So that's obviously awful. I do think like some teaching on TTOs is, is not unhelpful because we've all seen terrible ones. Oh, right? totally. We've all seen ones where they're like, like one night, don't even like, doesn't even really. Refer. And I think part of that, I think, to be fair, is if they're electronic, Sometimes it can be based upon the way that it's presented to you and the way you fill in the information. I know like some of the discharge letters, the way they ask you to write the information in and the way it is presented is in a completely impenetrable way. Yeah. Where it's just like a series of boxes that have been ticked and stuff and like a series of codes and stuff. But you can tell that it's been designed purely from the perspective of coding mm. rather than to relay information from one to the other. I did yeah. see a nice reply that from someone who said, Sunil so Neil he goes, there should be no need for a TTO letter. In twenty twenty three, these should be automatically generated digitally from hospital records, even use AI, but to waste doctors' time on it should be a thing of the past. Now, this is obviously so true. Yeah. But doesn't it seem yeah. so it seems really far fetched when we have the technology and stuff there? Oh, totally. And it's so bonkers that we're still filling out. I remember platforms.
1: when I remember when chat GPT was like getting more commonly known about and stuff and people who had access at that point were like giving it commands right to discharge summary for a forty two year old female who had laparoscopic gallbladder surgery. And it was just like lay it out. And it it should just be that they would like lots of us are using electronic like patient records. And you know, yeah. when they get admitted there's a reason for admission and things. And it should be able to pull certain key information and just generally yeah. generate a letter like around that. But I think even when like in one of my old trusts and it was like, oh, it's all automated now and you'd go onto this system and you'd go on the discharge summary section and it would pull bits of information through, but it made no sense because it was in some stupid order. And sometimes it would pull information from a hospital admission four years ago, which definitely wasn't appropriate now. So it still like doubled the work because then you had to go and delete that and then figure out what was going on. But like you say, it's one of those things that's really not a good use of our time, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. It isn't.
0: It isn't. It's hard, and it is hard to do well. And I feel like, but and so that's why the computers can't do it. But we're hamstrung by it, the terrible IT and the kind of frameworks in place to do it. It's not ideal, is it? I know. Not um, at all. The whole process. There was a tweet from Ian Birdsell that said, "I realise this may be rather controversial, but is it time we update the expected clinical examination for medical students to reflect real life? Palpating an apex beat, for example." Has this ever really changed a single diagnostic decision? There's plenty more of these examples. Somebody doesn't feel the apex beat, that's all I need. Clearly can't Um, be a
1: cardiologist, but... He isn't. But but the thing is, I'm just thinking there of not so much the apex beat, but like vocal fremitus and vocal resonance.
0: Oh God, yeah. Maybe
1: I'm just a really bad doctor, but I have never used that outside of a performative exam situation where i am literally just doing it for the audience of examiners or whoever yeah and especially in gp where everything is like so focused and you literally can do a cardio respiratory abdominal examination in three minutes or whatever but and i just think yeah mate it's good to know that it was a thing that we don't make it's got various degrees of importance now because of other investigations and obviously we should never lose sight of clinical examination because that's the worry isn't it is whether we just like you know, that scan them as they come through the door so that you just never have to lay a hand on someone. Like, I do disagree with that. But I mm. think, you know, fact is that a lot of what we do, unless we are super specialists, is quite limited and focused rather than the whole starting at the fingernails. Like, that might be different in a specialist clinic, but not in an emergency medicine or general practice kind of setting, I don't yeah. think.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But then I guess would that mean then that you're having to do, would that you'd have to learn like more examinations to, I don't know, like the acute assessment exam where it might be like a combination of like chest, cardiovascular, respiratory, abdominal exam where you're, I don't know, doing a general kind of examination I, where you are looking I for know, those life threatening.
1: I know what you mean, but I no, I don't think so. And I think that might be an issue in... This kind of stems a bit from what we were discussing last week about how we're trained as doctors and able to Mm. like, we're quite malleable in terms of like where we are and what we do. So I think it's good to be aware of some of the theory, but I think we do have that skill to decide how limited and how detailed we go with examination. And and Whereas I think people who maybe are more protocol and guideline driven, maybe like AMPs and stuff, and that's no shade at all, but we just are taught in very different ways. I think that that might be a bit then where it would be that kind of let's learn the acute examination or whatever. I
0: see where you're going here. but You're arguing in favor of the traditional approach, saying that because we're smart enough to know when to disregard it.
1: I think so. Yeah, because I think I'm just thinking a GP. If someone comes in with a headache, for example, I can't ask that person and do a full cranial nerve exam and a full peripheral neuro exam because that will just take 20 minutes in itself. And it's just, and I can't even describe to you what it is, this like weird intuition thing. But I can do like this very focused, quick screening neuro exam, especially because of what I've done previously as well. And just be quite confident that there's nothing like either sinister or there is something sinister that I need to look at further. And I just think like we are quite good at adapting that. So for example, like, if you're doing a, an A&E shift or something and someone's coming in with, you could listen to the heart and things, but I guess that might be a more focused examination than if you were seeing someone in clinic who you mm. were like evaluating had a murmur and all sorts, but yeah. you decide between those, like how the extent sure. of your examination kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Is. So I guess then, but going back to the medical student whereby they're, they don't know how to make those differentiations, in which case teaching them those perhaps less common and considered outdated things may be useful because there may be a time where they apply it, but a lot of the time they'll have to use clinical judgment to decide whether that's a necessary sign to elicit. Um, I
1: think maybe though, in terms of medical students, you can say this exists and there can be some theory about it, but then I I don't know about testing it in like an OSCE situation because I feel like an OSCE should be more representative of practically what you were doing in the real world kind of thing, which is not vocal resonance and vocal premises on every single station.
0: So I quite like this answer though. So what you said, so this is from Frankie G and at friswith underscore med. I find the disconnect between the OSCE answer slash performance and the real life answer really frustrating. There should be one answer. Either what we do in OSCE is outdated or what we do in real life is sloppy. This is not a forced yeah. dichotomy. I'll happily die on this hill. Good
1: point. That's so. a very good point. Oh god! So trust someone to be like sensible about this stuff.
0: (laughs) So annoying, isn't it? I I know. But there was another kind of topic that was along a similar vibe. The tweet from Ish talking about whether medical students, so whether you should like man, whether it's mandatory. That kind of medical student should spend time doing a night shift. So he said, Can someone tell me the benefits of mandatory night shifts in miserable, unpaid final year medical students with commitments, including jobs and family, etc.? I'd know man. Maybe I'm missing something, bro. And I just think it was an interesting point. Did you do many nights as a medical student?
1: I don't think I think I did one night shift on Labour Ward or Delivery Suite, because that okay. was just okay part of your way to get the numbers but aside from yeah. that i don't think i did a single night shift until i was f1 and even yeah, then when enough. i did that labour suite one i don't think i stayed until the full 12 hours i think i left at 2 or 3 a.m but mm. yeah no did
0: you was it useful
1: uh, no <laughs> <laughs> next question <laughs> yeah yeah <fair> enough.
0: <laughs> so i did two one again on the labour ward and i remember it being like a real i didn't stay the entire night i that it was a case of tr- trying to get the numbers of seeing the deliveries was difficult and staying into the night was an opportunity to see one through. But it did mean that there was this woman who randomly, even though her husband was next door, was shouting at me quite a lot, which was really weird. So there's that one. And the other one was where I thought someone said, oh, you should go to A&E. A&E after hours is really exciting. Although I was in Watford General A&E, and it's hardly like
1: no. And like my when I was when I think about when I'm like an F1, and F2, and I did the medical kind of clerking shifts, whether it's AMU or clerking patients in A&E or whatever. I feel like right. the patients that came in were pretty much the same, whether it was day or night. But the patients that came mm-hmm. in at night just tend to have to wait until morning if they needed specific TPA or whatever. And in that kind of respect, I didn't feel like there was much difference on the wards. I think would be uh, would be different because you have a lot. The wards on of a day are quite busy, aren't they? There's lots going on. Of mm. a night, it's pretty derelict, and you're at the bare bones kind of thing. But when I remember my first set of F one nights, and I don't remember thinking that I felt any less prepared because I didn't do a night shift as a medical student, I remember still absolutely cacking my pants at the thought of it yeah but then once you did one night you just get that gist of what's expected of you and how things are different but sure I just think it's tough if you've got like as a medical student if you've got got a job and stuff to keep your head above the water and then you're having to do night shift I don't really know what they would add I don't know it's hard isn't it
0: yeah I I think people I don't think it necessarily I don't think it prepares you that well really for nights as a they're just still doctor, regardless, aren't
1: they? There's exactly.
0: nothing natural so, about them. Yeah. No, I think it's life. all stuff that, absolutely. And so you could probably cover the stuff that helps you prepare for night in a lecture, which might be about like sleep patterns, or what to eat, and you know, how to pace yourselves. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, I want to have the,
1: on a night shift.
0: Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. We'll call that. We could just listen yeah. to our podcast. Yeah. But I remember like one that I, I remember going to a lecture about night shifts and someone say, it's important to try and bank sleep. Before your first night, and I was like, "Thanks, sleep." As mm. a concept, I haven't really ever considered that. Try and get a nap like the night before your sleep. I'm like, oh, okay. before your the the day before your yeah. night shift. I'm, oh, okay, fair enough. And I think, but aside from that, like even now, like I've been doing nights for well over a decade, and I still feel like the heebie jeebies like walking into those night totally. shifts, and I still need one door will happen overnight. But I just don't think it's necessarily that useful for a student to go through that. Oh. Here you are, experience some sleep deprivation so that you're better prepared for more sleep deprivation when you're being paid for it as an adult. I, yeah. I just... And
1: also there was a few, especially in neurosurgery, there was a few nights where that I would have a medical student, for example, with me if they were on elective or if they were like really keen and wanted to do neurosurgery. Sometimes they'd ask if they could come in and they could stay. And as the red John call, I'd be like more than happy to. But then what I found difficult was that obviously I really struggled with the shifting to had terrible insomnia anyway. So like night shifts would have struggled from that Mm. reason. And then a lot of what I'm doing is like taking referrals and looking at scans. And I thought, you're just sitting here with me. I'm not sure how useful that is. And then if there was a chance to get my head down for an hour, I would grasp it. But then I was like, oh, but what does the med, there's no bedroom for the medical student. And I just... It was actually quite stressful for me to have that yeah. person the whole night. And I think, yeah, maybe a couple of hours if you're interested, come to handover and stuff. But aside from that, if there's no procedures or operations going on, see a couple of referrals because they're pretty constant anyway. And then that's, that's it kind of thing. I just don't think you can learn how to cope with being awake all night and doing a 12-hour shift. Your body Absolutely. never gets used to that.
0: It's so different, isn't it as well? Like the way people, some people manage their night shifts, oh, totally. I'm just always, I'm consistently surprised by like how there's some people who just seem to just lead. There's some people who just seem to sleep very little. They just accept yeah. that they're not going to sleep that much during their nights. And I'm always really struck by them because I suddenly become very obsessed with how many hours of sleep I've yeah. had the day before. Yeah. But, and so I just don't think there's like a right way. And I'm not sure it's really that helpful. I remember my sort of A&E shift that I did, I remember it's almost like the law of threes. Like when they tell you to go, yeah, you have to wait for them to ask you to go three times. Oh, at least okay. then you put up the right level of fight. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you're on a date and like offering okay. to pay the bill or something. Like oh. they, you've got they've got to tell you to go at least three times just like yeah, Okay, I get I'm you. Going. It's like serious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But
1: yeah, what makes me laugh is that here's us lamenting about night shifts, and it just reminds me a bit. You remember there was a tweet from the other week about a medical student that went from... Uh, sorry, a doctor that went from being adopted to a pilot or something. Um, oh, yeah, and there's, yeah. there, and perfect, there's, there's, there's us about, oh, night shifts, oh my gosh. And then there's this tweet from this week that says, at 36 years old, Johnny Kim has accomplished the remarkable feat of not oh, only God, becoming a Navy SEAL, it. but also earning a degree as a trained physician from Harvard. And he has now been selected as the first Korean astronaut to journey into
0: space. It's just... There's no I just, hope for
1: us, man. Like I hate this
0: guy so much. He's <laughs> oh, 96. I hate him. I hate him so much.
1: Like how can you, like oh god? Do you know what? You know, night shifts to him would be a piece of pee. Will they? Do you know what I mean? He'd be like, yeah. man, I'm a navy. This guy's doing
0: night shifts. Five years old. He winning, was like, born during an shift,
1: Yeah,
0: like I, I know I often talk about the kind of like competitive Asian parents, but I know my parents would sort have of loved this guy and have been like so, oh, Johnny. Johnny came to Harvard. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> little Johnny. He and he's a an national now. What are you doing on the you know this weekend? I yeah. took an easy jet you know, just...
1: flight to France. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> God,
0: Johnny. Oh,
1: fair dues, no. man. That's that's something yeah. else, isn't it?
0: I know, nothing but respect. Yeah. But just don't stand next to me. I just yeah, like just keep
1: marriage. far away from us as possible. But does he yeah. have a podcast, I mean, Larusha? I bet he doesn't have a well, podcast. Do you know why? Don't give him any
0: ideas. That's yeah, all I forgot to be in space.
1: Not stepping keep on these toes. Space. They don't have yeah, Wi Fi exactly. up there, so he not yet, anyways. Oh. Can't record. You go, quite Johnny, yet. Take yeah. that.
0: Take that, Johnny. I'll, tell, I'll save <laughs> that for my parents. And then because we are on, you were talking about a medical education vibe. There was a tweet from Aidan Barron that said, why are medical schools globally obsessed with teaching students about some syndromes? So again, this is along that kind of vein. Of, um, There's a lot like of back in my day
1: stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, this is right. quite
0: funny. Yeah. So he goes, every student I speak to has had a disproportionate amount of time spent on Horner's syndrome, Graves' disease, for example. The amount of lecture time is not equal to the population frequency. Do you remember Horner's syndrome?
1: Something I want to say pa pan, pan well, tumor, it. isn't it? Apical lung tumor. Yeah. And um, Oh yeah, very good. You out. get is it you get right. pupil constriction and or is it the other way?
0: Oh, God, I don't even remember. Something remember. unequalized, that's,
1: that's all you need to know. But yeah, apical lung yeah, tumor yeah. Something yeah. to do with sweating. But anhydrosis. Anhydrosis. Something midrosis or midrosis. Medros- yeah. I don't know what these words. But, um, oh, throw like um, out
0: words. Yeah. Like the medical school just, thing where you yeah, like throw just, out cirrhosis. Yeah. Like throw
1: that. out the ologies and the itises and stuff and <laughs> just hope that some of them stick. But, but yeah, no, I remember, I don't know. Oh, it was a while back. I don't know what I related to, but I remember seeing a couple of polls on Twitter about like how did people think like how the curriculum was developed. So, was it because of like how common a condition was that proportional to like how much time was spent teaching about these conditions in the medical school curriculum? Because obviously then when you think about tweets like this, it suggests that it's not because we do learn a lot about these like eponymous syndromes, don't we? And I remember in the Oxford Handbook, there was like a couple of pages of eponymous syndromes, but I felt sometimes that I knew more about those than I did about, about the stuff that you'd see day to day. But, and I don't know, I feel like as you go through the years in medicine, you just do collect this like knowledge. And even though I don't know what, like off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what Horner's syndrome is. I do because of we've been taught on it, it rings a bell somewhere and I can go and look it up. Yeah. So it's good to know that these things exist, but
0: exist, yeah.
1: in terms of the time spent teaching them, I'm not sure how useful that is. I think
0: somebody used the, exa- they say the kind of, we are familiar to, we are, get confident in dealing with horses, but it's important to be able to recognize zebras, right? Because yeah, totally. if you don't, it can, it well, can you need, be. You need
1: to recognize them when they're there, don't they? Yeah. Right.
0: And I, I can imagine people have lots of opinions, don't they, about like medical education. And there's that phrase, isn't it? Well, the common things are common. Yeah. But that's the good thing about common things is that you see plenty of them mm. and in your kind of clinical experience. So maybe that's why we spend kind of time looking at things that are less common because otherwise we might not encounter them so much. And that's as true. you say, I'm yeah, that's true. Leading on to a wholesome tweet that you put in. Do you want to tell us about what? that one? It's from Dr. Erin. Yes.
1: So, yeah. So this was, this stood out to me. So this was by at Dr. Erin.
0: Dr. I know. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: really? Last night, my trust and another local trust had their annual awards events. Got me thinking about workplace inclusion of rotational doctors and how this impacts well-being. This is not a thread about pros and cons of rotational training. So essentially this was about one of those awards nights that the hospitals have. Um, and Erin was recounting her experience about how she was um, a year ago rotating to her P's job. They'd already invited her to their Christmas party and she just felt like so welcomed and, and part of the team. She didn't feel like a temporary member of staff. And then I think equating that to these awards ceremony things where there's always, I feel like you hear people talk about it in the hospital, but at the doctors, you don't really know about it because it's, it's all the permanent staff that go. And I went to one of these in my very first year mm. as doctor, but it was because I was living with a nurse who I was working at on a unit at the time and the unit had been nominated for some award. I wasn't right. invited at the F1 on the unit, but because I was living with a nurse mm. who was on the unit, she just took me as her plus one. And I remember right. thinking like, oh, wow, this is incredible. Like there's loads of people from the hospital here. It's like free food, free drink. And it was Mm. like a really good night. Mm. And then for years, didn't go to any more until I went to neurosurgery where the hospital was much, much smaller. And again, doctors weren't invited per se, but because I was friendly with a lot of the nurses, that's how I'd go. And again, it just made me realize we don't have access to those
0: kind of things.
1: And whether you want them or not, that's a different story. But because we are just never in one place, very rarely we are, it's like, you miss out on those formative kind of together bondy type of things. And it's not everyone's yeah. cup of tea, but rotational staff do seem to be excluded just by the nature of being rotational. It's not about the awards and stuff. It's just, and I know a lot of it is corporate mumbo jumbo, but if there's a couple of free beers in it. Do you know what I mean? Why not? Yeah. Nice sit down meal. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, he and being invited to one of those things would go a long way to be making you feel even in if example, didn't, Exactly. If you, even if
1: you feel, didn't go, just the fact that oh, you're welcome is something, isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, why is that so obvious? I, just Why do you think it doesn't happen? Is it just down to money? I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think we just thought of differently because I just, I'm thinking, so in the Walton Centre, we used to have ours at Aintry race Racecourse. And it would be like once a year and it would be like some sort of... It, I think it did start out as an awards thing and then it just turned into a party essentially. And I remember there being like consultants there, but mostly it was a lot of like all the therapy, nursing and admin staff. And I remember going, I went for a couple of years on, on, on the bounce because I was really good friends with some of the nurses and stuff. And Mm. remember thinking I was like the only registrar or SHO there, like there was literally no one else. And I don't, and then when I would Mm. talk about it, I don't think. You know, my colleagues even knew that it was a thing. And I just thought it's like, yeah. it's such a shame that you just Aim don't hard. even get, you know, thought of. It wasn't malicious, I don't think. And let's exclude them. It just was, they're not felt to be part of, you know, the team.
0: Yeah, that is a shame. What kind of awards would be at those kind of ceremony?
1: So you get like team of the year, like, that's the only thing I think of. Employee of the year, team of the year. It'd be like most, biggest, pa- biggest patient improvement contribution. Right. Things like that. So I, God, I, didn't focus
0: on that stuff half didn't. the
1: time. It would just be, like the booze, the booze. yeah, it would just be the booze and the, and the food. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's the.
0: Thing. I, I think you're just worried that the doctors would come and just, no, just win sweet, everything. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. Of course, that's jealous, weird. jealousy. There was a tweet from Alex Navard who mentioned. He said, "Deep within NHS e-learning is a video <laughs> on what to do in the event of a chemical attack." Nuggets such as strip the patient off and scrub them with kitchen roll. That sounds a bit it's very
1: medical. Kitchen roll. <laughs>
0: yeah, information I thought I'd never use until today, when my triplet, unsupervised, discovered a full tub of Sudocrem. Now that sounds like carnage. Oh as long God. as they didn't eat it, I, I
1: know. Period. I remember as a kid, and I don't know why this is like one of the most one of the biggest formative experiences for me that I just have <laughs> such a right. clear recollection of. I remember being, right. it, no, we were kids in the Valleys back in the day where you would just play in the street with all your mates. No one give a shit, right. but I remember being playing with loads of kids and my brother and then all of a sudden just my brother not being there and we were looking really? for it and we just thought like my brother had been kidnapped or something. We were like looking up and down <laughs> the street. It's right. like my parents oh, were God. panicking, couldn't find my brother. And then someone went for a wee in our bathroom and he was behind the door asleep covered in pseudocrys. Just like, what <laughs> else we don't, we not We've been out playing. We don't know. Like, we would been out playing, and then he'd obviously thought, oh, I need to go and sort myself out or whatever. He was only a toddler at the time, but he was just, <laughs> he'd got a whole tub of super, cre- super cream It was everywhere, and then he'd fallen asleep behind the bathroom door. And it was like that's... hilarious, but also they were like, no what the no. heck are you doing yeah. <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, that's all we needed was stripping the patient off and kitchen roll, clearly.
0: Yeah, exactly. If only you'd have done that mandatory e learning. That's it,
1: man. If only.
0: The thing is, though, I guess mandatory or e learning, anyway, that I've had to do for induction It's so tedious, isn't it? But I guess stuff like that where you learn actual life skills or whatever. Uh, yeah.
1: The, su- the pseudochrome e learning would be quite useful. Pseudochrome,
0: yeah. Was, exactly. I remember doing it.
1: And I did an e learning once where it was like literally showing me the picture of a keyboard, like for a computer. And it was like showing where the space bar was and stuff. And I was like, how how, do you think I've got onto this e-learning if I didn't know how to use a (laughs) keyboard, logging in and everything. I was like, oh, thanks for that.
0: I can imagine though, that the person who's desperately in need of that e-learning being like, how do I get into that e-learning? Yes. Okay, but where's the space bar? They're just watching me do it through the window. (laughs) window. Oh my God. (laughs) Maybe it worked for them. That's it. That was the e learning. That, yeah, it was was life learning. You, yeah, Yeah. yeah, you were part of that whole process. It was e learning by proxy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your sacrifice. Fair enough. Get
1: her on that keyboard. She knows what to press.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. And so, this next one, if you're, so maybe this is the person that needed to do that e learning. If you are the consultant on call, you should be able to prescribe paracetamol. This shouldn't be a controversial opinion. What do you reckon the backstory is to that? So
1: I wanted to scream this from the rooftops in 2016 when we were striking. This took me right back because oh, yeah. I remember being in neurosurgery on strike and you had to go into work if you were on call on, in those right. strikes. And there was like one neurosurgery doctor for the entire like one new says, yes, it's over like obviously the entire unit. We had like four surgical right. wards. And so all the consultants were drafted in and were asked to do like their own TTOs and prescription right. jobs. And we had electronic prescribing at the time. And I just remember, like all these consultants with their heads in their hands. I can't prescribe any analgesia. They couldn't log on. They didn't. Uh, sure. I and I remember just being—it was like the worst shift of my life. I was on call, oh,
0: no. having to go
1: around and teach every consultant. Literally, no, it was no, like no, I'm no. Parasy-, and they were like, and it was. I just thought, oh my gosh, like how have we got to this point where you can't prescribe a single medication? But then in, this, in these recent strikes when they started in, in Obs and Guine, I was sat in the library one day and there was like an emergency electronic prescribing session for all consultants. <laughs> and it was Fair hilarious. Enough. But yeah, that's, that was my, it just, oh, it t- took me right back.
0: I do think they seemed, the consultant got a similar vibes that time around. So I think this time around, the consultants seemed much better prepared and they're much more willing to learn those. I do remember. But it's is funny, isn't it? How comfortable they've gotten oh, in just having someone totally. else do those things for
1: them. Absolutely. And and that's um, the thing. I think when I do miss paper drug charts, I don't miss the rewriting, the cardexes and stuff.
0: But I yeah. do miss
1: that you can literally pick it up off the end of the bed and just write it down and you haven't got to find a computer yeah. on wheels and log in and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. yeah, it's got to the point now where I guess you get to a certain stage in your career where you're like, oh, the juniors will just sort that. And then before you know it, yeah. you don't have a log on for the electronic prescribing or yeah, the health chart. Yeah. yeah, it's That's not pretty, great.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So there was a kinda of a nice tweet from Sophie Rose. So at Sophie Rose IMM. Is there anything more liberating than sticking your handover sheet jobs list into the shred bin after a very busy on-call shift? I like that feeling. Yeah, yeah you just let it especially
1: if it's quite chunky um, as well and you're just like... Yeah,
0: yeah, later it's yeah. done. And I was just trying to think about the kind of other things like when you're finished a shift, the, the kind of that are associated with that feeling of like euphoria, like job yeah. done. And I do know that like, that feeling when you're walking out the hospital after that last shift, the yeah. last night shift, for example, uh, it's morning and your people are coming into w- work yeah. and it's bright and stuff outside and they're just like, oh, I've either got a long weekend or you've got two days yeah, off. Nice. Like, this sounds Can quite you simple.
1: Yeah. But I just used to flicking the battery out of my bleep and putting it back in so that it would wipe all the messages uh, uh, or yeah, if it's cool. a bat and bleep, just like sliding that across the handover table to the to the yeah. oncoming team. You just be like, sure. Yeah, you're probably that. That was quite like a nice feeling if it was a bath and But yeah, especially the yeah. like the new research you read, John Qualbey. I did quite like that. God, I will never forget the number five, four, four, five. And I just mm. when it would get to the end of the night shift, I would just flip the battery out back in, beep, and all the messages yep. would disappear from the night cool. shift. I'd be like, yes, fresh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, my okay. problem after now, yeah, yeah,
0: fair enough. I did also quite like know when you're like sitting in handover. You know, from the day, and you just, you've done it's like one or two minutes, so you're just waiting for the kind of stragglers from the night team to turn up. And they're all like walking in, they like walk past and they like walked past you and they all smell like fresh yes. shower gel or like, yeah, all you're the
1: like, aftershave. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's like backups here. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. For me, I just think when I got to that last hour of the shift, whether it was like at the end of a long day or a night shift, it's so like, say if it was like 7 a.m., for example, and so the sun was coming up. The like the canteen staff was starting to come in because you see like lights go on right. everywhere, and I just thought like, whatever happens in this last hour, like I can deal with it because, yeah, within sixty minutes someone is going to come oh, yeah, and let way. me go, yeah, yeah. and that is just quite yeah, yeah that's true, quite a nice, and the smell of toast, oh beautiful, so, you know, at the end of your night shift, hospital like, toast, toast as end well, it's top notch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the end is coming,
0: cool. <laughs> the end is, so, yeah, the end is nine light is coming so there was a tweet from sarah tennant and she was quote tweeting in terms of the slip switch i remember him oh. Anyway, he goes we didn't pay tuition fees had grants rather than loans free accommodation in our PRHO yeah, etc our pay was good and we could buy houses in our 20s this is all gone they have massive debt no training unlike pas and our new lost tribe we need to train and pay our juniors and sarah tennant went on to say exactly don't we have a moral obligation to support our trainees and medicine as a career? They're, these are the consultants and specialists of the future. And I must say, I am relieved that my children won't, don't want to be doctors, despite me really enjoying my clinical work. Mm. Mm. And someone pointed out go up. they were offering one hundred and fifty percent mortgages at that time.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's, I was like, yeah, like? that. Yeah, I know that blows my mind that even existed that you could get a mortgage right. for over a hundred percent. Like. It's madness. It makes sense now why none of us can get bloody mortgages, but yeah. And that's, I haven't used that. God, I can't speak. I haven't heard that phrase, the lost tribe in a while because that related initially, I think, was it when the the whole MMC modernizing medical careers came in and a huge portion of doctors just suddenly didn't have a training to go on to? And it's feeling like that again now, isn't it? Because it is, I just feel so grateful that we qualified when we did, because now these bottlenecks and stuff, I'm just like, I don't know what, there's only so many like F3, F4 years or that you can do. But yeah, it is, it does feel like a new lost tribe from the outside looking in at least. But yeah.
0: I think like they allude to a lack of leadership. Which I guess is one thing. And I think that probably stems from like apathy. And we know that tends to be a kind of not necessarily because people don't care at all, but it's more that they saw like the simple as to our leaders, but um, they probably have just told themselves that they're too busy to like mind the shop. And then meanwhile, everything's been eroded away, whether yeah. it's by political decisions, underfunding and managers and whatever. But regardless of it, kind of people are angry now and trying to find and trying to find scapegoats or trying to find explanations and um, it's difficult isn't it to try and backtrack or get back I I just don't I worry or at least feel a bit despondent as to how do you how do you make things better from now
1: yeah I feel and and that's the thing I just don't even know if it's enough if there's like small gradual improvements year on year because in in whatever way, whether that's pay or conditions or whatever, but just thinking about it more generally, I don't think that's going to be enough because I think people coming through now, like very early career doctors are not going to reap those rewards. It's only, I feel like it needs to be like burned to the ground and started again almost. And whether that's just like massive, just literally massive increase in training numbers, like literally from in the next year Mm. or suddenly full pay restoration as it's being campaigned for. I I don't know. Those things will make a huge difference right now. But Mm. in terms of everything else, I just don't, I think there's going to be this huge cohort of doctors over the space of 10 years that after us, because I feel like we're probably one of the last ones to be quite lucky that we generally wanted a specialty and got into it. There's no way on earth now I would have got into neurosurgery, never. And I just think now, I just don't think those little improvements and things are just going to mean much for mm. that kind of cohort of people. It's not enough.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think like the change has to be wholesale, right? Oh, like you said, all those it needs to be mammoth, yeah. And there uh, just there is doesn't seem to be like a political appetite to do it, does it? Oh gosh, not at but the moment. Speak, speaking of which, which tack to go? It started from Thomas Shanahan. Who um, is an A&E doctor, especially a specialty registrar oh, on been, emergency? I've been medicine. blocked
1: by Doctor Oh, I'm sorry. No, you can you tell me what the tweet says because I can see the replies. Oh, okay.
0: Gosh, you guys! The... <laughs> I thought everyone told me the the BMA was helpful with employment issues. People, person I've been in contact with seems to have no clue and hasn't been in contact for two weeks. Poor customer service is what he said. Mm. And then a response by Rowan said there used to be a safety net of the elected reps a number of whom were contract experts who could pick up issues and would know the answers better than most of the BMA staff. However, they all got voted out in favor of FPR candidates who are only focused on FPR. And that's a concern, isn't it, yeah, I guess? I felt because,
1: that massively.
0: Yeah. Mm. It seems like there's two strings to that bow, right? One is FPR and two is PAs. And I think there there is some kind of wishy-washy stuff about kind of Prestige, but I think that's those are definitely um, the
1: main campus it feels yeah. at the moment, yeah,
0: and is a bit of a concern, isn't it, that kind of that seems to be them. Main... oh, there's a response, is it a... Dr Gassedge, that's deeply unfair. I and all elected reps take all our responsibility very seriously, no point being bitter, <laughs> I am sure. Commerce can get in con in touch with their local rep will be happy to help. Or let me which region they're in and I will help facilitate. Isn't that what he's saying, but he hasn't been in, con- it. Been in yeah, contact? He's try- it say? sounds like
1: he's been trying. And I think, and it's a good point because like we see there was a huge concerted effort for all the reps to be coming from doctor's vote, and I'm not well, getting into the nitty-gritty of that. There is one message that kind of brings all those people together and that's fine with full pay restoration but we have to remember that despite fpr we as doctors we still have all these other issues contract issues pay protection less than full time all these are ongoing that we need people to know about whereas i feel like it is good that we are unanimous on an fpr message that's what we need but i just it i do get that sense that other things are being Neglected, maybe, and I think yeah, it is a bit worrying from a union.
0: Did you think it was, there was some news, wasn't there, from Sean Linton that the kind of consultant committee were meeting with the yeah. Department of Health and stuff? And I think the junior doctors were also meeting as well, yeah, right? I think I think but,
1: so. They've agreed, haven't they, to to meet now? I think, and I linked that tweet to discuss in next week's episode because I think I only oh, yes. saw it today. But yeah, you, you're right. I think junior doctors as well.
0: I think the funny thing was is that. They said when pay isn't really a yeah. discussion, yeah. which in a way is telling because it's, yes, because everything else is pretty dire too. Yeah. But and then I'm like, what are we so, talking
1: about then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so whilst you do want to be focused and unwavering and clear, clear it's obvious that those that massive oh. changes are needed. So moving on, because we were getting up close to time, but there are obviously quite a few other different topics, That, like one, I thought, I, well, I remember seeing it and being like, oh, I'd be interested to know what you think about it, was the, what does a surgeon look like?
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, that, I AI saw image? this, it was the AI, yeah. So essentially this week there was a, there was an effort to ask AI to create some images about surgeons. And it was just really interesting as to what the preconceptions were, because as we've said before, AI just is knowledge or information that already exists, isn't it? It cannot create new knowledge. It just gathers right. from all pre-existing stuff. But I think, so the prompt, for example, for this first picture of the tweet, so this was a tweet by at Ewan, so E-W-E-N Harrison, the prompt was female surgeon and male nurse, whereas the picture that came definitely looks like the opposite way round if that makes sense so it's got the female Mm. holding like a box of medicines and then the male person who's like taller got a clipboard just looking like more in command of things like Mm. reviewing the charts and stuff and then there was a couple more examples where they'd put the same prompt in with different kind of ai engines and it all seems to have got that kind of that disconnect. subservient violence. Yeah, yeah, where the female is like working for the male, even though it's the opposite Mm. way around. Yeah, that's it's quite telling, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Gibbler responded to it shocked, but then you've given the answer when you're describing it, which you're saying is based on current information and what's available. And if you think about who designs AI and the majority of people who contribute kind of information towards it, it's going to be men, isn't it? Of course. So it's not that surprising. And what that just tells us is that there's not enough women Pretty much in every sphere, even in the in those who are designing AI, it's not so much like the like preconceptions. That, that's the fault. It's yeah. not the fault of AI, it's the fault of the kind of Did you police.
1: see Rosie Barua? She quote tweeted this and she did the same, but she asked the AI to show her pictures of a of an ICU doctor. And did you see what it showed? No. So there was like she no, put, she it. posted four different photos and they were all of white hair. White haired older men, white men. Mm, and it was and it's just do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm, but gorgeous. yeah, I don't know how you even change that stuff. Who knows?
0: Mm. So speaking of something that I thought was fairly ridiculous, at least in my first impression, was that advanced life support training is no longer a for the foundation Do You know, I think that's a really strange idea to She's you. It's dangerous. I saw someone who that kind of who replied being like Oh, it's something that's favored by neurodiverse people or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. You go here. I was like, what? wow. Okay. That's goes, new information to me. It's so amazing. Yeah. It was such an amazing point. And I remember like thinking about how am I going to respond to this person? I was like, oh, I oh
1: my God. He
0: goes, it's a complete waste of time, money and effort run for the egos of neurodiverse people who'd rather spend their weekends eating crisps and chocolates. That does sound that, amazing. That does sound amazing. Rather than with family and friends. It's so specific, though. I was like, there's got to be a story.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like, my ALS, I did it in 2013. So it's now five or six years out to date. But let's not tell anyone about that. <laughs> my psychiatry job very kindly funded for me to do ILS last week, or couple, or last month, rather, because... My ALS is out of date and I've got no intention. I can't afford it, to be honest. But I don't like, yeah, I did enjoy it because it is that, the whole learning thing. And it's always good to be reminded of those things. But I wouldn't say yeah. it's a neurodiverse. It's, like
0: it's so funny, isn't it? It's a fantasy
1: of mine.
0: Yeah. No. As, some, as someone who's like neurodiverse, I, I don't really enjoy them. I do think that kind of, but I do I think, think going through the steps and feeling confident in, and yeah. in being in that scenario is important. I do find... I have found that when you do ANS, often the people who are teaching it just seem a little bit smug. Oh, totally. And, yeah, there is a there
1: oh is a breed. God.
0: Yeah, there is a breed. And like, oh, obviously oh, and it also caters to the stereotype. One of the things that kind of always bugs me as someone who doesn't like to be shouty is when you're at arrest and so it's goes, who's leading the arrest? Who's, who's leading it? And because I always find it funny because I'm like, what? What, what is it that you think is missing here? Because you're the one who feels like you need to pipe up. Maybe you should just lead yeah, the rest. Yeah, have you not got a job to do already? What's yeah, your like, role? Yeah. Who's leading it? What? What is it that you need to hear from that pet? Because usually they're, they're probably talking about me. But I just don't like to shout over the top of people. But obviously, sometimes I have to say stop CPR, blah, 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 whatever. But I just find it a little bit like it's just a bit. And I, I feel like there are certain people who feel very confident leading the arrest yeah, and like yeah. whatever. I'm definitely not one of those people who likes to be, I don't know. Mm. And I know that they want you to appear a certain way, but why is it that you have to appear that way? Why is it? And, yeah, um, it's very so,
1: false. It's like when you do a driving test, isn't it? And you everything is like super exaggerated. So you're looking at your yeah, mirrors and it, right. it is that type of thing where I'm thinking like real life, we do all tend to, We we'll, like everyone's got the algorithm or whatever in their head, but it's not that like yelling of yeah. like, trying to prove one's point kind of thing yeah
0: be like really performative performative and yeah absolutely right and this and great if you feel like you need to like if you need to say oh i'm looking at my mirror and checking my drawing score and that everyone knows that and it's great yeah but if everyone doesn't know that is that so bad i don't know it just seems like oh, it's just a bit ridiculous but i know like to some people who like relish that kind of telling people off and going, like, oh yeah, you need to be more assertive. You need to be more like yeah. this and that. do I, I just
1: don't think it's, so- it's different to the person. So like in a trauma situation, so trauma calls and stuff, you'd have that person who was often the most senior person there who would be standing back, not touching a hand on the patient and just observing that everyone's doing mm. the kind of thing. And that is helpful in a, in an arrest situation as well, but they're not like yeah. screaming like the lead and it's very much that watching and and guiding kind of thing but as in in these kind of life support courses it's just like say it's that performance acting and people go wild with it as well that's like the only thing and people do take that into their real life which is then a bit
0: right awkward i just find it a bit cringe totally embarrassing yeah 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 and i've got to say the bosses that i've seen in the cath lab has been the coolest and the ones that I've looked up to the most have not been that. They've always been the one who have been like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Almost like playing it down because they realize that being in that situation is stressful enough. And barking like some kind of military sergeant at people doesn't actually get the best out of everyone. No. And whilst it might make you feel like you're a big dog, like really, that I don't think that's necessarily what i respond i feel like i respond no. that well to you and that's not how i want to like um, be perceived and,
1: and but to me that is the epitome of skill and experience when those mm. people act like that cool calm collected not performing not shouting not making sure that they're screaming above everyone else to me i'm like that's the qualities of someone who knows exactly what they're doing
0: yeah absolutely
1: you you've got this oh (laughs) thanks
0: thanks i just don't like to raise my voice (laughs) and there was a tweet from law that i want to wanted to put it which is along the same vibes as your space bar mandatory training thing where she said i need the on-call keys to get where they've decided to store the on-call keys without any trainee consultation phenomenal work nhs leadership there isn't this isn't going to be a nightmare when i'm covering multiple hospital overnight Mm. thumbs up i'm like isn't that Peak NHS. It's
1: pe- yeah. It is peak NHS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You need the keys to get into this building like, that you to I get the keys that you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. classic. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh gosh, there was that one about PAS and being recruited to assess abdominal pain in Norwich of all places. Oh, oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, that's been deleted it's now as well. There, there was is like it? uproar over that, and I get it. Like there was just this random tweet that was insinuating that if you've got chronic abdominal pain, which no one knows what's going on that see a PA, like they'll sort it out. And obviously that's not what it meant, but that's how it came across. And there was just loads mm. of quote tweets that was were from GPs, rightly so, saying actually like chronic abdominal pain is one of the hardest Pretty things. Hard. Yeah, to get to the mm. crux of. And that's where people were saying, yeah, I've been a GP for 20 years and that's still the case. So it felt a bit like, I don't know, it just felt a bit cheaty in the way that it was just mm. like, you can, PAs are, are clinically trained. Yep, no debate in that. But it's not to say that they're going to be any better at diagnosing your abdominal pain than the GP of like 20 years. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's quite short-sighted.
0: So as we're coming up close to time, there were like one or two that were, I think just really good kind of like general questions. There was one that you linked, which was from Sophie Flynn that said, people think it's weird. I phone my mum every night, but how could I not with conversations like tonight? <laughs> mum, see, they've arrested Laura Koonsberg. Me. I don't know who that is. Mum. You do. Me. I really don't, mum. Susie, you do. Little Laura, me. Do you mean Greta Thunberg, mum? Yes. And you said that you had a relatable story. Yes.
1: So this could have been about my mum totally. So I will never remember. Right. Sorry, I'll never forget when Michael Jackson died. So hmm. it, obviously it was on the news and stuff. And my mum just went yeah. like deathly quiet. And I was, mum, what's going on? And she was like, I just can't believe he's gone. And I was like, oh, I man. had no idea you were such a big Michael Jackson fan. But she was <laughs> like, no, I'm not. But I kept having this recurring dream where, because it was the same time, he was meant to do like his 50 dates at the O2 so Arena. I had yes. tickets for that. Yeah. yeah. And my mum kept having this recurring dream that he couldn't make the, um, the O2 date, So she had to go on stage in place of him. Okay. And then she said, when she looked into the crowd, she saw him wearing a shroud. And she said, this kept happening recurrently before he died. And then when he died, she was like, oh my God, I did
0: that. <laughs> and it was like, what? She had a premonition about Michael Jackson. She totally this did. Like-
1: it proper freaked her out. Now, Forgive me, but I do believe in like psychic energy and stuff. And me and my yeah. mum, I swear, we both channel psychic energy. It's weird. Oh. And when she said this, I found it absolutely hilarious. But at the same time, she was like proper mortified that she thought that she had made. <laughs> Michael
0: Jackson die. No, that's... wasn't it? Fentanyl and I was gonna say, it's
1: propofol. Yeah, they, you were in the doctor that was pumping that into his leg veins. You don't need to worry mm. about that. But Thank yeah, God. I just thought it was just that typical mum conversation of you yeah. just... You're just chatting over the dinner table, and that's the kind of stuff that you come out with. But she yeah.
0: saw Michael Jackson in a trial. Well, she can be on the great. Yeah. Does she get many dreams? Does she have dreams about other people? Other people like yeah. That so she, I guess is it like a. It's
1: it's weird stuff, and and I get this as well. And so, for example, like she'll think of someone, like you'll just they'll pop into her mind that she doesn't know either very well, who or they've not seen for years, and then like later that day. They will crop up somehow. And uh, okay this like it's happened too many times for it to be like a coincidence. And you're talking about people that she'll mention to me that's like from 30, 40 years from her past, who I know nothing about. And then we might be out later that day. And then they're suddenly also at the yeah, supermarket. And I'm like, oh my wow. God. Yeah. And, wow. yeah. And there is, oh God, I saw a psychic in California once and And she was just like, do you know that you're psychic too? And I was like, yes, I knew this. I knew this. (laughs) I was like, I got it from me, (laughs) mum. But yeah, judge
0: me what you will. But
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Give me an example, though, of like where you've inadvertently been psychic. Um, I
1: I I don't know. Like I've, do you know what? Most of it is just probably like really mundane stuff that, I can't even think of an example now but just something that will just you haven't like, honed it yeah no, no but something that will just cross my mind or else say something because... at the same time that someone else is thinking it and i know that can be coincidence right. as well but i'm just like no like that's it's happened too many times or like i'll think about something in the morning that's just like literally just pops into my mind and then it were something like very hmm. similar will happen or some or something like right. that but i just you... yeah i'm convinced you get a lot of, of then a lot of deja vu yeah That's and then I'm like is that, is that because I've got a print they suddenly get that feeling but oh, I was like no right. I smell custard a lot as well no I'm only really joking no but I do actually <laughs> But never, and I think and I do think there is some sort of psychic energy maybe you need a head scan <laughs> Who knows? for multiple reasons yeah. but yeah just
0: interesting. yeah interesting. I
1: have thought about whether I need to start trying to hone that in whether it would be like yeah. tarot cards or what but
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be quite Need to cool. look into that. You yeah. could do a little segment on it. Oh, there, was, feature, there is someone feature. who's on Twitter. Yeah, Sadie. Twitter. Sadie.
1: She does a tarot thing. Oh, on... Okay. She's
0: psychiatry. Mm. Trainee. Yes, she's yeah, yeah, she yeah. yeah. I know yeah. what I
1: mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. She does a tarot card thing, and Kelechi, She does that like tarot. I think it's, they they look really cool as well. Yeah, and, they and do like, look oh, cool. I yeah. like yeah. the own. yeah,
1: they,
0: look yeah cool. they do look cool. And so and the. For the last topic, I feel like we should talk about this bone smashing bit, oh, man. which I don't yeah. know if that's real or not, but Josh Tabak, thank you for linking this. The TikTok trend of bone smashing involves hitting yourself in the face. <laughs> this can't be real, can it? Hitting yourself in don't the face with a hammer more. to cause fractures yeah, that heal and give you a better jawline. This is dumb, unsafe, and there is no evidence that this even works. Please do not hit yourself in the face with a hammer. That's see, just the fact that this person's having to say it, I can't believe that this is true. Is yeah, this a thing? And like the thing? Shall I Google it? The
1: picture that's attached to the tweet is obviously from t- TikTok, and it's a guy with a very chiseled, square, amazing jaw,
0: jaw. Yeah, who's
1: just covered in bruises around his eyes and his jawline. Mm. And I just think, Therusha, I never these days. I know this sounds so old, but I'm like, these days, nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I just, oh, I, 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 I really hope it's not true, true. But I'm just not convinced. Yeah. The-
0: as I was reading it, it did make me think of the Joe Rogan podcast thing where they were talking about this kind of device that they put in their mouth and they bite again and again. It's supposed to oh, yeah. Your jaw. so the, yeah, I've seen that. Rosemary
1: Conley, that old fitness instructor, I was in her magazine oh, yeah. once. She had this like mouth device for women that they put in and it was like stretch your mouth open and close and it was meant to tense up all your jowls and stuff. But do you also remember, I'm not sure if it was in Thailand, but a lady who was a model was, couldn't afford to get like cosmetic surgery. So she started filling her own face with vegetable oil or olive oil as like injections no. to plumper. And it got to the point where there was a documentary about her and it was so sad. She just ruined her face. I think if you Google olive oil or oil face injections, it shows and it literally just turned her face into this melted, swollen. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. I... And
1: she did that herself because of what her job was and stuff. And yeah, it's so what sad. Was her job? Was she a model? She, she was, was like me? a model, yeah. Or the some hell? something, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, the pictures. And, yeah. um, oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. So she's done like a lot of, I'm not sure if she's even still alive to be fair, but she did a lot of like interviews and stuff to warn this. Obviously, lot, most people don't do that, but it was obviously that pressure yeah. she felt to conform and fill her face and what she used. And obviously she's just had a catastrophic effect. Really sad. Yeah. But it just shows if that bone smashing thing is a thing you're like the fact that someone must feel I need to smash my face with a hammer to get that jawline it's just a a very worrying state of affairs isn't it, yeah, it is. I, you couldn't pay me enough to be like a young person or a teenager now honestly I'd hate it I would oh. hate it
0: it just oh my god
1: I'm so glad I... that I'm a mid-30s crazy dog lady <laughs> it's just such a relief to me <laughs>
0: No, but it's, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because there's like a whole thing out there, isn't it? About, th- there are lots of things that, lots of kind of advice about accepting yourself and meditation mm. and trying to play yourself and stuff. And But on the other, and but some of them can be, some of those kind of lifestyles can be toxic and whatever and the advice around it can be rather like self-interested or whatever and then on the flip side you've got kind of the extremes that people are still willing to go to mm. it just seems really wild i don't know if i'm just pandering to a trope where things are always getting worse and stuff but it, it's sad that there are people who are feeling they have to go to such extreme Definitely. measures to change themselves right Oh, God. So I feel like we should end on something positive, though, because it comes time. Yeah, do you quick, want to pick you... something, quick. What is there that we could... Oh, I quite liked,
1: them. I quite liked, there was a couple of food-related things that caught my eye this week. Yeah, yeah. And there was one from Kate, uh, Kate Burke, or Kate Jarman, sorry. Hmm. Kate Burke is her handle, so at Kate Burke NHS. Uh, her name's Kate Jarman. And it just made me laugh about, about what people or what kids think is Rame. really important. And yeah. she just said, just want to share this example of the importance of making wonderful memories with your children. So middle child says, mum, remember when you panicked at the KFC drive-thru and bought that really massive bucket of chicken? That was so great. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> and it's like those little things, isn't it, that yeah. are just really integral that you think are amazing. But in, in reality, yeah. it's so small fry, That's isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Small fry, nice. Yeah. And boom, Yeah. <laughs> but, I do find, to be fair, at drive throughs I do feel a lot of pressure and do end up overordering breakfast oh, because I'm like massively. really worried that I'll forget
1: why It's why I like the McDonald's app now because it's just more measured. I can order from a more stable mental place at home <laughs> <laughs> and then not panic when I get to the drive through and then trying to feed the dog the extra burgers. So yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it just made me laugh because I'm just thinking if I was a kid, that would just be amazing. Oh my God, so much fried chicken.
0: Today, yeah. today we eat like kings. Yeah, today.
1: Yeah. yeah. Amazing.
0: Cool. I guess I mean, what always happens is we record for over an hour. <laughs> and then when I do the editing, I cut out all the likes that usually takes us down to about 55 minutes. Sounds
1: like <laughs> a plan. But this time around. Yeah.
0: This time around, well, I think we're going to be over an hour, which is awesome. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much to people if, if you've been listening this far. And thank you, Besson, for, uh, for
1: everything from a night. <laughs> for my no life. Thank you for having me. It's a but, pleasure yeah. as always. It's always nice to catch um, up yeah, and vent about Metroid. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so until next week, yes. have a good week, everyone.
1: Adios, amigos. Bye.